Welcome to the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fancast, where a steampunk girl, a lifelong sci-fi fan, and a rocket scientist chat about the popular 2009 sci-fi series. There's never a dull moment with the agents dedicated to protect humankind from unexplained phenomena that manifest their powers in special objects. And there's all those friendships and relationships along the way. Grab a cookie while you can. Hope you don't smell fudge. Gear up with your Farnsworth, Tesla, and Neutralizer. And let's have some fun by snagging it, bagging it, and tagging it. Welcome back to Artie's Attic. We're a Warehouse 13 fan cast. I'm the Warehouse 13 janitor, currently hauling a barrel of neutralizer over to the Allentown 22C aisle to dunk some cut-up insectoid robot pieces into it before they gain some steam and start replicating or doing what <laughs> artifacts do. My name is SP. How long did it take you? Hang on. How long did it take you to, like, rehearse that? That's the first time I actually read it. Okay. Continue. <laughs> and introducing Artie's attic lead agent and historian who just mocked me and who remembered to take out the Babblestone from her pocket so we can understand her this week. It's Agent Shannon. What's up, guys? And also joining us is the warehouse agent who is known to have transformed major body parts into bioluminescent beacons to help repair freezers and other major household appliances. It's Agent Carolyn. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's uh, that's interesting. And does that mean I glow? Am I glowing? Is that what was that? Yeah, the... you got the glowing arm going on. Okay, okay. but I, you know, I only use artifacts for good, like Claudia. Sure, sure. Oh, how often do you smell spudge? <laughs> uh, I don't. I smell apples. Mm. Nice answer. Not that's a, that's a nice donkey. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice donkey. <laughs> Everybody making waffles. Anyway, we are continuing our discussion today of the episode that premiered on August 3rd, 2010, two years before the Curiosity rover landed on Mars. That would be August 6th, 2012. I watched that. Yeah. I'm referring to the Warehouse 13 Season 2, 5th Episode 13.1. The IMDB description of the episode reads, Douglas Fargo, or Bismarck if you're Artie, of Eureka's Global Dynamics is sent to the Warehouse 13 to help update its aging computer system, which apparently is 8-bit. This triggers a seemingly sentient computer virus that sends the warehouse into lockdown and traps the team inside. Shannon, how'd you like the spiders? I think they're kind of cool. Creepy, but kind of cool. I love how Claudia just, like, drop-kicked one. It It was great. That was pretty good. Pizza well, I couldn't do that, right? Yeah, it's just said, ah, you guys do what you gotta do. It's on there. They're called Maras, by the way, for maintenance and repair automation or automaton. 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 Maintenance, yeah. I wrote that down. Maintenance and repair automatons. This is the first time they have a crossover, right? Of, yes. With, with Eureka. Yeah. And Star Trek DS9. And Star Trek. <sighs> I'm so happy. This is our first of many, of many Star Trek guests that happen on Warehouse 13. 
right? The first one we've seen, I'm right? I'm trying to remember if there was one before. No, we had Battlestar Galactica, but we, we had haven't not. seen Agent Gusan. Right? We haven't seen him yet? No. No. And we haven't seen Pete's mom. It's we Pete's mom that's Kate, Kate Mulgrew, Mulgrew yeah, right? We haven't seen her yet. Yeah. Agent Gusan. Incidentally, did you... Uh, I saw that. It made me feel old because what was he? Yeah. How old now? 29 years ago, Voyager came out. 29 years ago Ooh. for when Voyager, Star Trek Voyager came out. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I uh, I felt old when I saw that tweet and I had to share it with you because I was like, Shannon's going to laugh. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I liked Voyager, but I honestly, I can tell you, I never made it through the entire series. I never watched the whole thing. Oh, so you never saw him come home. They're just still lost out there in the Delta Quadrant for you. I saw him come home. I just, I'm, what I'm saying is I didn't watch every single episode. I skipped around. So by the time I got into Voyager, I was already heavily into Warhouse 13. So the one fandom at a time. Were they out at the same time? I don't know if they were out at the same time because I remember Voyager started when I was living down south and it was on a network that no one down south was uh, carrying. And this was before you could stream anything or pirate anything or anything like that. That's how old I am. You had to watch real TV. <laughs> you had to watch real TV. And if you didn't have like the station there in and you didn't have TiVo, which was the DVR of the time. I loved that. Yeah. You couldn't record these things. And I was, you know, a starving college student. So I had to find ways of watching Voyager. And I think I missed most of a season because it just wasn't carried down there. So I tried to watch it as religiously as I could. But yeah, I missed a lot of it. And I had to, I need to go back and like rewatch the whole thing because. I never saw the whole thing, I don't think, just because where I lived was not carrying the station that it was going right. to be broadcast on. It premiered Voyager, Star Trek Voyager, on January 16th, 1995, which you guys were saying is 29 yeah. years ago today. That was um, the oh. year we graduated high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it ran oh, until yeah, May. Yeah. 23rd, 2001, and the reason that you probably didn't get it where you were, Carolyn, is it was airing exclusively on the UPN. Yes, UPN Channel network, 21. and nobody down south would, would carry the UPN network, and I'm like, how do I get my Voyager? And there was no way, I mean, the, there was no, there's no streaming services, there's no way to, like, pirate it. Would you say you're living in Texas? No, Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, oh Alabama. Alabama. I lived in Bama for four years. Roll Tide. Ooh, I almost like. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. I went down there for four years and there's four lights. <laughs> well, there were three guest stars of note in this episode. There was Neil Grayston, who was Douglas Fargo. Mm -hmm. For those that don't know, he was in 77 episodes of Eureka, which was a companion show that aired before the warehouse 13 we've talked about it before eureka two episodes of warehouse 13 so we will see him again matter of fact his crossover in the next episode is what i thought this episode was going to be so i got a little confused in my head and then <laughs> one episode of daredevil he has 39 acting credits overall starting in 2000s been a little less prolific since the end of warehouse 13 so eureka yeah. was 
before Warehouse? Correct. Ah, but they are very much of a companion. Is it playing anywhere? Can I... I really want to watch it again. This makes me really want to watch Eureka. Yeah, I think it's streaming somewhere for free. I think they kept Eureka on, but they pulled Warehouse 13 off. Yeah, they pulled Warehouse from Amazon last year. You know, since I um, don't have to work tomorrow, maybe I'll do a binge of Warehouse or of uh, Eureka. <laughs> well, I tell you what I, I discovered last night, and you're going to laugh at me because it's one of those sci-fi shows that probably everyone's watched, but I didn't. And again, once I get into a show, I watch all that show and then I go into another one. And I discovered, well, I say discovered, I watched the first episode of Fringe. I've never seen it before. Have y'all? you never seen Fringe? Oh, Mm -mm. that's going to be a ride for you. Oh, that's that's five years of just fun and mystery. You like the X-Files, didn't you? I was about to say, it feels like the X-Files. You are going to love Fringe. Yeah, you're going to love, if you love the X-Files, you are going to love Fringe. Do you remember a couple weeks ago when I showed you that that booklet of of Iron on Patches? Yes. Right? Yeah. Matter of fact, it's behind me. Fringe was one of those things in there. And I remember going to a con and they were giving out like notepads and pens. And I got one that said Fringe on it. And when it when you moved it, it would be like one of those kind of where you, it, what's it called? Help me out here. Holographic kind of ones. Holographic. Yeah. I was like, help me out. Stroke victim, help me out. <laughs> yeah. So when you move it back and forth, it would you'd be like a, the handprint going back and forth. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But I never watched it. Oh, the handprint. Yes. 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 You know, I get involved in things in like warehouse and then I got involved in defiance for a long time. And then I discovered why Nona Earp, which I amazingly love, but I missed out on a lot of Winona at the cons because I was still pissed off at DiFi. So I refused to get involved in something and then I discovered it. And then six months later, it was canceled. <laughs> so I'm better off at shows that are already being long gone. Yeah, as you know that you know the ending is Which near. Which makes me worried about Strange New Worlds when I watch it. <laughs> I wouldn't be. I think it's in good hands right now. As long as DiFi doesn't touch my sci-fi, I'm okay. <laughs> well, that's all right because they're not doing any sci-fi right now anywhere. They're all like vampire. I know that, but I'm ha- but I don't like the sci-fi channel as much as I'm a sci-fi person. I'm happy that all of my Star Trek is on Paramount. Well, that's where you're in for a problem because we are entering into the age of consolidation of streaming services. And from what I hear, Paramount is open to either merging or being purchased by someone else or maybe purchasing somebody. But I think they want to be bought out. From what I remember, I think NBC owned Paramount. And I think they own CBS. CBS. And the CBS also owns the Diva channel. I thought NBC owned the Die Fi channel. Is it NBC? I know it's one of them. Is NBC Universal that owns? Yes, Fi? that's what it is. Yep. Or Skiffy, whatever. To sleep my Star Trek alone. Just leave it alone. It's fine the way it is, but if things change, you might be in trouble. And that's true for everything. Like Warner Brothers took a hatchet to everything that they had going on. So there's precedence. You know, I just need to go out. I haven't even bought the the DVDs for Strange New Worlds or Picard. I want Picard season three, but I haven't bought them. So I probably need to do that before they disappear. They could. I need to do that, too. I know. So talking about Star Trek, our second guest star of note in this episode is Renee Aubergenon. 
and he plays Hugo Miller, who is the creator of the computer system that is bringing all these warehouse systems together. And you know him from a lot of different things. Of note for us, since we're in the geek fandom genre, is Deep Space Nine, and he played Odo, the constable, over there. But he is sadly no longer with us. He passed away in 2019. Before that, he appeared in 230 different acting credits, is what he's accredited for. That's a lot. He passed away at the age of 79, so he was pretty active throughout most of his career. He first, the first thing of note in his IMDb, and I think it's one of the very first things, like one of the three first things, is he played Father John Mulcahy in the 1970 MASH film. Really? Yes. His claim to fame goes all the way back there, if you didn't realize. He wasn't in the MASH (laughs) series. He was in the MASH movie. The movie. Yeah. That's unreal. And these are just some, he played like a, a bit part in a lot of series, so one or two episodes. So these are just some that are familiar to me. It would be one episode of the Black Sheep Squadron, which was a World War II fighter pilot movie in the Pacific, or not movie, TV show in the Pacific. One episode of Starkey and Hutch, which- I remember that one. Yep. Thought you might. One episode of the Rockford Files. hmm Okay. One episode of Wonder Woman. Yes. Oh, yeah. One episode of Heart to Heart. I remember all these. <laughs> yeah. And he was a tremendous voice acting talent. He was prolific in it. And these are just some of the titles. Many, many more than this. But The Last Unicorn, GoBots, Smurfs, Jetsons, Super Smurfs. Friends, The New Adventures of Johnny Quest, Superman, Batman, the animated series. Not a huge part in any of them but at least one episode up to a few episodes he played in most people know him out of sci-fi as he played the character of clayton runnymede endicott the third on benson he had 134 episodes oh, i do remember of that. him on benson yes now tell me anywhere in his voice credit does he also do gargles because if he does that would be amazing since so many TNG people did Gargoyles. Yeah, I think Gargoyles was mostly just the next generation people, which it was a cool cartoon. It was one of my cartoons, but it was also really cool when I learned that it was basically mostly voiced by he was, he was TNG crew. TNG, I was like, yeah. hey! And I don't remember cool. Madden being on there, but I do remember Michael and, and, and Jonathan and, and Marina were on there yep. a lot. I just looked at his IMDb credits and I did not see the gargoyles on there. That'd be like a cool crossover. Like you have him <laughs> with this Star Trek on with all those Star Trek people. So like Warehouse 13, I think I counted, I think maybe we counted in one time. There's like six Star Trek people that crossed over onto Warehouse 13. You've got the Cork, the guy that played Cork and the Fringy. Yeah. Oh yeah. You've yeah, got yeah. you've got Pete's mom. Yep. Kate McGrew. Jerry Ryan plays Pete's wife in one of the epi- in, in one ex-wife. of the epi- ex-wife in one of the episodes. Renee. Yeah. Renee. And then you got him. And and then Mr. Kusan, you see, I think later in the season, he played the first captain that was on the Chris Pine Star Trek movies. Okay. 
Remember at the very beginning, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, bald yeah. headed guy that went over to the next ship and then Hemsworth took over. Right. So he plays Mr. Kassan. So was that four, five? That's five. And then Data comes on it later on. Oh, I didn't know he did. Oh, I forgot Data, about yeah, that. Finer comes on for season four. Okay. So how many is that? One. It's not ringing a bell, but I believe if you're telling Brother the truth, Adrian. There. He plays Brother Adrian. He's okay. a bad guy. Of course he is. He's a he good bad play. guy. I think he loves to play He's bad guys. He's a good bad guy. He is he a is. good bad guy. He plays them well. He has, it's that it's that resting bitch face that he has that just like <laughs> scares you. Yeah, he he plays villains very well. I can only imagine the amount of fun that Renee had playing these two separate pieces. One that is you know Renee or Hugo that has half his brain that is the right side of his brain, you know, just being you know the silly the silly guy that says I have to shed a tear when I have to pee (laughs) or that he needs, you know, we need the spinning and the dancing and, and all the funny things that he says. And then playing the other one that is Hugo one, the computer system he evolved and being that seriously serious guy with, with the, (laughs) with the mustache and the, and the suit with the, uh, the Magnum PI mustache or whatever. Yeah. The Tom Selleck mustache that explains the Tom Selleck mustache. (laughs) It was like the mirror of Pete and Micah, by the way, where, where Pete's, you know, the funny guy and Micah's the straight man sort of thing. So it was like, I'm not done with Renee yet. We got to talk a little bit more about Renee and you'll know why in a second. Cause the very next thing, is he was in the 1989 feature film, The Little Mermaid. He played Who Louis. Was he in The Little Mermaid? Yeah, his voice. Yeah, he played Who Louis. Who was his voice? Who's Louis? Louis, the chap. Uh, that was his voice? Yeah. I'm having a oh hard my time. God, now Louis. I have to listen to it again. So you're talking about the original, original Little Mermaid? Uh, well, the cartoon the ni- version. Yeah, the 1980s. Nine movie is the original to you, yeah. That's the original one to us, Shannon. Yes, I'm gonna make sure, yeah, Louis. <laughs> uh, now I'd want to go back and, and see that. And, and, and all right, to that. I thought that would get more of a reaction. The French chef that was dealing with the, the Sebastian, yes, okay, I'm with you because he was French because you know he sounds yes. French. Right. Okay, it just took me a Crack second. Me it's up. been a while. It's been a minute since 1989 happened. Yeah, brain oh, injury. And then, you, of course, the brain injury. But it's been a minute since 1989. So, it's been just a couple. Um, Y'all were still in grade school at that point. No, we were in middle school. Thank well, you. Okay, not post secondary or <laughs> secondary education or whatever. Okay, so 173 episodes of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, one episode of Stargate SG One, one episode of Star Trek Enterprise. Two episodes of Frasier, and I don't remember him in that. And I wasn't an avid Frasier watcher, but now I want to go back and see those I two episodes. Him yeah. And then three episodes of Archer, which is an animated series that just ended on FX. And then four total episodes of Warehouse 13. So we're going to see Renee three more times. Well, yeah, he goes to uh, Eureka now. So he's. I don't remember him on Stargate. It's just one episode. It probably played an alien or something like that. I didn't look into it that much. And I knew you were going to ask that. Well, you know, it's in <laughs> your handle. Okay? It's in your handle. 
It is. It's been a while since I've wanted to do a podcast on that for the uh, longest time. It was season four, episode two, The Other Side. You want to do a podcast on Stargate? Yeah. I'm in. Okay. Count me in. I'll do it. Uh, so he, the SGC podcast. is contacted by an advanced and embattled alien human civilization seeking military assistance, but their exact reason for it becomes increasingly suspect. So it's kind of a bad guy sort of thing that he plays. He does play a human and he's got, a, it, it looks like from what I'm seeing, he's got one of those evil goatees as of much as he can does. on his face. Do you know, I discovered Stargate SG one when I was pregnant with Michaela. And I got, you remember back, back when, back in the day when we were, you had to buy the box sets, right? Back mm-hmm. in the day when they were like $50 per season. And for some reason, I managed to find uh, a used one. I bought all 10 seasons of SG1 for like $100. On DVD or VHS? I have DVDs. Okay. I bought wow. all of them. That's pretty so, good. $10 nice. a season. Really good. And yeah. I remember. I remember being pregnant and like sitting in the room that she has now as her room because it used to be my spare room. I remember sitting there eating grapes and falling asleep and taking a long nap and waking back up and watching more. Star- and I, I blew through the entire series. I also own all 10 series of Stargate SG-1 on DVD. They're on a shelf right above there. I got, I've got all 15 seasons. I've got those 10 and, and then the five spinoff of Atlantis. Oh, but you don't have them all. You don't have universe. I didn't like universe. <laughs> it's all I right. Did. It was only one season. It did start getting I better. Didn't at the mind end of universe. The- it yeah. was, it was good, but not. I mean, it, nothing can catch lightning in the bottle of Stargate ever. They tried, and then they got renewed very briefly for season two, and then they died. And yeah. I'm like, you know, they didn't I, die. I didn't- they just went into hibernation. No, they did. He just became beast on. Um, what, what was the name of that show? Once Upon a Time. Which one? The guy with the long hair. He was the main scientist or whatever from Universe. Oh, yeah. He oh, went yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, when I saw him, I saw, I, when I saw him, I was like, Stargate. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I didn't like Universe because to me, Stargate is going through the Stargate and going to the worlds. Not being on the ship and having the Stargate there with you. It just changed the dynamic of it for me, and I wasn't interested. They lost me at the end of Atlantis. So, 15 seasons is enough. I have all 15 of them. Sadly, I do not. I do not own them. I wish I did. But I do. I do. I, I own find them cheap now. I've got a complete series set of Atlantis, and then I have the individual seasons of. <laughs> Stargate SG-1. See, because back when all that was still going, I started going... When I was pregnant with Kayla, I started going to cons again. I had gone for a long time without going to them. But when I was pregnant with her in 2009, I started going to cons again. So I met Amanda Tapping. It, she, by far, was the coolest and the nicest person Love I was five her. months pregnant with Michaela when I when I flew all the way up to Chicago. I remember you telling right? that one. Yep. Yeah. And it's like I really had a pee, but I wasn't going to get out of the line. So, so Carolyn, you starting to feel a little bit inferior every time Shannon brings up when I was pregnant. I was pregnant. I was pregnant because I'm feeling a little inferior because you know no, I never can no, be pregnant. No, I never do. 
Anytime no, you want to, you could borrow. I'll, I'll share. You could have them. <laughs> I'll start with the big one. She turns 14 in a couple of weeks. You could. You no, I'm I'm good. I, I, I have a lot of nieces and I, I mean, they don't live close to me, but I have several of them and I'm good. I have uh, honorary nephews, too. So, you hey, know. your brother still lives here in Texas, right? So when you come to visit him, just let me know. We're just like an hour, an hour from you. So I'll pass one over. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what? My brother's oldest is, is in her teens. I don't, I don't I'm think I need the little one, one though. Cause she's nicer. I was going to say, <laughs> you know, bringing law up to Oregon would be torture for her. No, it wouldn't. I think she would. I, one of my best friends lives in Idaho and she always invites us up there. So I think she would enjoy it. There is a huge difference between Idaho and Oregon. There's a lot more Californians that have ruined my state than Idaho. Well, then I would pity the people that live there because Michaela has a mouth on her and she doesn't care who she says it to. (laughs) Yeah. It's my kid, right? She has no problem putting you in your place, even if she's as loud about it. Not just your kid, Sean's kid too. So, yeah. All right. Let's talk about some artifacts here, right? I love these little binges that we get on, but go ahead. Let's wait, get wait, back wait! To warehouse. I have to, I have to, I have to say that the the guy behind the counter at the ca- at the convenience stand, Leo. they went. Yeah. Z- the Zach Ward. That's mm-hmm. the guy that played the. I I was like, uh, why is his face so familiar? He's got mm-hmm. this fiery red hair. I know him. Why do I know him? He was the big bully in a Christmas story. I'm like, oh, that's where I know him. 2022 Christmas story. Uh, Christmas story Christmas, yeah. Uh, he's got 125 credits since 1983, originally from Ohio. He's been in two episodes of Sliders, one episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, one episode of Jag. I love Jag. Yeah. Sorry, he was in the 2000 movie Almost Famous. He was in the 2004 movie Resident Evil Apocalypse. He was in one episode of the original Charmed. He was in the 2007 film Transformers, one episode of Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, two oh, episodes of show. Dollhouse, I one episode of, all of those. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> one episode sure of Warehouse 13. One of, yeah, he seems to he seems to be that character. <laughs> he looks like a red shirt to me. Yeah, OK, pretty much. That's what I was going to bring up at the end. And even in the 2022 Christmas story, he plays a cop. Yeah, but in the original one, he was the bully. Oh, he was as a yeah. little kid. That was that was, he was like, the little kid that I making didn't him bully, catch that. making him look. No, the, was he the bully? bully or was he the one, or was he the one that stuck his tongue on the? He was pipe? the one no. that stuck his tongue on it. No, he's the no. one that stuck his tongue on the pipe. No, that was the main character. That's not him. No, Is that it? wasn't him. No, I think he was the bully. He was in a Christmas he story, the but the original one that. If I remember correctly, the, the the main character did do it, yes, but then he then the then the bully got dared. And he did Oh I think he did Scott too. Farkas. Yeah, that was his original. Oh my gosh. Yes. See? Look, went right over it. His very first IMDB credit, his break was in a Christmas story. Yeah. I knew he was oh, in that one. That was where I remembered him from. I did, mm-hmm. I totally forgot about the new one. I didn't even I don't think I even watched that yeah, one. Yeah, he was a little kid that stuck his tongue to the to the flagpole yeah ralphie yeah. was the one who got his tongue stuck wasn't there more than one i think 
Well, it was the triple dog dare, right? Yeah, it was a triple dog dare. Ralphie was the one that stuck his tongue. I don't know. I haven't watched that don't movie in forever. Lying. I just it's remember just him. It was 1989. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it was 1983 when it, the original Seriously, Christmas story injury, came okay? out. I, I just All remember right. he was in it. No, you're Good totally call, right. I, I did not catch that. So the guy with the <laughs> shotgun who was trying to hold our beloved agents at bay was... Ooh, and kicked them. It was great. <laughs> in a Christmas story. You know, it'd be, it'd be fun to be on this cast because like Pete and Micah, they interact with all these people. So they're in scenes and that, hey, how was, if I was an actor, I would ask about these iconic moments. Like, how was a Christmas story? Tell me some stories. How did that come about and everything? Right. And just fill in your repertoire bag of, of neat things how that could happen on set. How many did it take with her faking like she was kicking you in the face? Just go ahead. Tell me. I mean, how did it feel? No, she really kicked me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> if she missed and hit me. What, yeah, what was funny was he... Hugo really wanted ice cream. So he got ice cream because he made a stamping face when he got his ice cream. And at the end, he's Pete's like, well, get you some ice cream. And he's like, I'm lactose intolerant. And they're both like, uh-oh. Oh, oh. Micah's face is like, well, that's, um, that's I'll let you take care of that. <laughs> you might want to find a bathroom soon. Soon. All right. <laughs> let's talk about the artifacts. We had at least three, if not a few others that we saw and the dancing and the well, patrol spinning thing. was a special artifact, right? Yes. It was a, it was somebody's zoetrope. No, I can't remember. The the first trope, that's what it was. It was a, it, it's a not, he was a Nazi or something. Yeah. Max Wernthem Myers. And again, with zoetrope. the pronunciation, I'm sorry, but it was, is his zoetrope. And it allows for mind transference. It's the, basically the main artifact in the episode here. But it's yes. not the only one. And then you got the one Claudia had that she used to pick up the metal stuff that, fall, that had fallen down. <laughs> ben Franklin's ring that amplifies yes. the energy of the person wearing it. So her hand turned into this big glowy thing. Like that's what he used whenever he did the kite. <laughs> yeah. My thing that was fun, though, later on when they were battling her and... Uh, Fargo were battling the spiders that were attacking them because they had taken this zoetrope off of its place. And Hugo one had sent it out, had sent them out to, uh, to stop them. And, uh, she, he's like, can it amplify anything? And she's like, well, yeah, I think so. She's like, why? She, he says, cause I have a laser and they makes it into a, uh, lightsaber. I was like, Oh my God, that is cool. I mean, you were we've had on. several Star Wars references in like a lot of these episodes yeah. and I'm just like every time I'm like looking for the Star Wars reference and in you this case a Star Wars reference more than cookies I know there's Star Wars references more than cookies it's crazy plus they kiss each other afterwards uh, yeah and then she's like but I was thinking of Todd and then he's like this is why Jedi's turn to the dark side <laughs> <laughs> see if you do more Star Wars reference but yet there's more Star Trek actors. What the hell? So I'm not going to spoil anything, but he makes a reference to his girlfriend not existing anymore. That's a whole uh -huh. story over in Eureka that happened. And it's uh, uh, poor Fargo. He just never gets a break. By the way, he, he does also in Eureka play the major AI. It's a house AI. What we would call a smart home now, but it was way before it's time back he was then. The voice. 
He was the voice of Sarah. Yeah. I thought was he the voice of Sarah? I thought it was another person. I was pretty sure his voice of Sarah. And now you're going to make me go and look at that. Now I'm going to make you go look that up. Let me just keep you on track and tell you that the third artifact was the Babblestones. Yes. See, I pay attention. (laughs) There were a few others, though, too. Which, when they held them, they spoke gibberish to anyone who wasn't wasn't holding a Babblestone. But the three of them could understand each other because they were trying to make it so that Hugo won couldn't understand them. The only problem was he said this when he was answering the Tesla, not Tesla, Farnsworth, sorry, (laughs) the Farnsworth to Micah. Micah's like, "Uh, Artie, what the heck? I can't understand you at all. (laughs) Pete's like, that's a new one. Couldn't have had Kevin rocks in your mouth. All right, what's fun? (laughs) Yes, Sarah, I was right. Okay, so he was the voice. I used to follow Sarah on Twitter. The Sarah account is still there, but it's been dead for many, many years. And I don't know who owns it. I don't know if Fargo owns it, the writers own it, or Sci-Fi owns it. Somebody owns it, and obviously nobody can get into it. There was a Twitter account for the for the AI of Sarah? Yeah, it was capital S underscore capital A underscore capital R underscore. It was all capital letters with underscores. And after the H at the end, there was an underscore as well. So I didn't know that. Speaking of Eureka, the, 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 I never watched all of Eureka, but my mother-in-law tells me that, she, that I remind her of Joe all the time. Anyways, the, the girl, yeah. the, the, the that main woman, the, was she the mayor? The doctor she, that was in charge? Yeah. The, the long-haired woman? Richardson, yeah. Sally something, right? Yeah, Sally Richardson. He is one of the main producers on one of my favorite shows that you have now, The Gilded Age. That's right. She turned into a tremendous behind-the-scenes talent in both production and directing. She's done some major things. She's kind of like Tom Paris over there on Star Trek Voyager in that she really turned... Matter of fact, she's been more successful. She's been in several things that I have covered over the years that were main shows and she's has a lot in her imdb i'm gonna look it up really quick she but she, the gilded age which i absolutely love i mean of course like like y'all know me i like sci-fi but as much as i like sci-fi i like what i like history and the gilded age is like perfect for me <laughs> there was another show that was perfect for me and it didn't last long and it really pisses me off it's called the nevers did you ever see that? It was mm-hmm. so much steampunk. It was so much <laughs> steampunk. I'm telling you, it had an inventor. It was set in the night. It was set in the 1890s. It was Victorian England. Oh my God, this show could not have been more perfect for me. And then that they sounds it. perfect, Shannon. And then they killed it. Damn them. Sadly, Sally Richardson did not direct an episode of Warehouse 13. However, this is some of the stuff that she directed, including Eureka. You'd have Scandal. That was big for a while, right? Lethal Weapon, Mm -hmm. the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She covered an episode there. Luke Cage, Black Lightning, The Punisher, The Magicians. She even did uh, lately Altered Carbon, The Wheel of Time. And as you were mentioning, The Gilded Age. Oh, Wheel of Time. I need to watch that, watch that second season. I, you know what? Look, I love The Wheel of Time. 
But the second season has fallen prey to the writer strike. Oh. Like the first season was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I haven't seen the second season yet. For the past week, I've been watching the second season, and it took me like three days to get through an episode. You were mentioning Gargoyles before. She voiced 70 episodes of Gargoyles. Sound nice. Yep. I, I, I tell you, going back to our other favorite that we were talking about, when I get into shows, I watch them until they, you know, something else comes around. I like to watch Warehouse and then I watch Defiance. But when I got into Stargate and I, and I learned, you know, I started following Amanda Tapping. Mm-hmm. When she went from SG1 to Atlantis and then Woozy came in or Woolsey, whatever his name was, he took over, right? The last season. Yeah. But that's because the from he, Voyager. Yeah, that's because she was creating her own show of called Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Right? So I love that show. I did too, but do you know, and here's something for you to look up. I mean, we're talking about everything else but Warehouse right now, but it's it's all related. They're all coming in together, right? Look at the things that Amanda Tapping has directed because that's the route that she's gone through and there's a lot. that There's Amanda a lot has. of sci-fi people that have actually, Rosaria, Rosari, 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 Dawson. Thank you. She's also a big director, producer person. Yeah. Jonathan Franks, he's done a lot of that too. Yeah, he... So Jonathan Franks was going down a pretty significant path and then he got diverted because he was doing the major feature Star Trek films. Mm -hmm. So that took him out of the path from doing a lot of episodes of different series. And he's still a big figure. Matter of fact, gosh, who plays Tom Paris? I can't remember his name, but he was Jonathan Frank's understudy. You mean Tom Paris from Voyager? Yeah. He's on, he's got, they've got a podcast. Yes, they do. The Delta Flyers. Yes, the Delta Flyers. The two of them together have a podcast? No, he has a podcast with the guy that plays in Harry Garrett Wang. Yeah. He's got, yeah, him and Garrett Wang have a uh, podcast. What is his name? Nielsen. Tom Nielsen? No. No. Dang it, look it up for me. <laughs> I will. You've got monitors that work, because I can only have one, because I need a new computer. As many Star Trek characters that, that's played in Warehouse 13, can you imagine that they ever got a crossover from Stargate? Oh my god. I knew it was three name names. Robert Duncan McNeil. Thank you. That's yeah. the guy that, that played Tom? Yes, that's Tom Paris. He's done a lot, and he continues to do a lot. You've seen stuff that he's done. I'm not going to go into it right now because we're going to get back on Warehouse 13. We're- <laughs> yes. Tangent back to the actual show. <laughs> what makes this fun? I mean, come on. We're sci-fi geeks. We never stay on track and we're always talking about sci-fi. And if by chance someone else says, hey, I've never heard of this show. There you go. Well, we had a protocol that popped up on us that we had never seen yeah. before in the warehouse so far, right? Yeah. Falcon Scott Protocol. Which made me think of war games. I don't I know why. See that because Falcons in it, and Falcon. in the way that it, the way that the readout came out, it made me think of war games, right? And the computer. I mean, and and Hugo one trying to take over things, right? So. The, and also probably the way that the rate the readout was. There wasn't bat. There was there wasn't uh, tic tac toe, but there was battleship. <laughs> there was where. Where Artie beat, this is a major plot point, by the way, in the episode. Mm-hmm. Artie is beating Hugo at Battleship because he's cheating. It's like, I didn't put any of my ships down. 
And he knows something's wrong with Hugo at that point in time because Hugo always loved to win his games by cheating. He's like, you can't even determine if I'm cheating. That's a major problem for security for the I, warehouse. He's using wrong, logic yeah. to tell the computer that you need to back off because you're not working properly. If you're saying I'm not working properly, I'm telling you, you're not working properly. Yep. Yep. It makes him realize that there's something wrong. Yeah. But the Falcon Scott protocol is a reference to the Antarctic Terra Nova expedition, which was made by Robert Falcon Scott in 1910 through 1913. Scott was attempting to reach the South Pole before Edmondson However, Edmondson arrived first, and Scott's party of five perished due to starvation, exhaustion, and extreme cold. I remember that. I remember reading wow, about that. Wow, that's a name for a protocol. Right. Well, the protocol was, we're going to freeze the warehouse really fast. Oh, okay. Now my brain got it. See how many... See, That's just the cool thing about Warehouse 13, because... Nobody would have got that. Nobody would understand it. But there's, they, they still use real life things that happened. Yep. Now, now I get it. Yeah. Making popsicles out of everybody that's in the warehouse. So now, pretty now much. I'm- Did you guys see the coats that they were using? Yes. I want one warehouse 13 coat with the little logo on it. Yeah. Was that the warehouse 13 logo? Yes. I was trying to figure that out. Yes. Was only, it? only once. I think. Can't even remember where else. it might have been off Amazon only, and I don't have it. But only once did I find a warehouse routine patch, like you would sew on your jacket, and it's a triangle with I think little stars on it that represents the the warehouse, like the like the first one, which is I think was oh. Egypt. Yeah, I'm seeing it right now. Uh, is you can right. You can buy it on Sci-Fi Geeks, and it is oh, a pyramid I, with thirteen. I you know I was counting. Stars and I didn't get it was thirteen. I just assumed it was thirteen, but yeah. Well, I don't know what's the. I don't know what that website is. Yeah, you'll have to share that with the class. Uh, well, we'll put it in the chat for everybody, Thanks. and I will put it in the show notes. Although there, I think there's several sites that you can get to it or get it. You just if you search warehouse thirteen patch, a couple will show. There's uh, patches and pins. There's one that shows up for, well, it's British, I think, because it's five pounds. Oh, that makes sense. Right. They, like, make all the cool stuff over there. But the um, the other one, which you can find at the Sci-Fi Geeks, that is a 3.5-inch patch, and it is going for $11.99, probably plus shipping. I must have them. Why? This is, like, the one and only thing I have. Of Warehouse 13. Nice. And this came out of one of those. It wasn't a Warehouse 13 surprise box like you see at the cons. It was just a sci-fi box. But it had Warehouse 13 stuff in it. So I've kept that for all these years. But that's like, it's definitely U.S. Secret Service. It has the the Phoenix on the bottom of it. It does. It has the Phoenix right in the middle. Oh, and the, the Phoenix and then the Eye of Horror right there in the middle. Horn? I horn? Whatever it's called. I can't tell from here. It is something that they use in season three. Oh, the eye of Ra. That's the eye, eye of Ra. Ra. That's what it is. So there's a three and a half inch, and then there's a six inch patch. 
And then I think it's in the British one, it's maybe five inches or whatever. So there's different sizes of the patch that you can still buy today in different places. And you're putting that in the chat thingy? I did. I put the Sci-Fi Geeks and the eBay. So the Sci-Fi Geeks is the three and a half inch and the eBay one is the six inch patch. Yeah. How do I? I don't see it in the chat. Well, it's in the comments. So if you go. (laughs) Oh, in the comments. Got it. Got it. Yep. Got it. Okay. But I will put it in the show notes for everybody. What a guy. I mean, there may be other people that are incredibly geeky like us and want these things. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. We got to take care of the fans. All what? Five of them? Three. 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 And maybe we know. Well, we definitely have Mike. Mike always. I know. Mike is such a sweetheart. He's so nice. Yes. Thank you very much, Mike, for listening. If you have any comments or, you know, feedback, we'd love to hear it. So let's go down some of the quotes. I know that you wrote down some and I wrote down some. So we'll just ping off of each other. I'll go first. All right. Okay. Okay. This is all your fault, Bismarck. That was one of mine, too. (laughs) Uh, Your guts are rotten. (laughs) Pete, looks like he spent a lot of time playing with himself, too. Sitting in a windowless room for 10 years, playing Monopoly with Hal. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> that was one of mine, too. Next. Artie saying, he is soulless and made up of binary numbers. He was talking about Fargo. Micah, do you know every former warehouse agent we've ever known is either crazy, evil, or dead? Pete, or all three. Although they did meet the one in that in the episode that which the episode where there was the metal thing on her back, on his back, yeah. mm-hmm. that, that agent, she escaped. She was none of those things. She was sane and all of that. So, but you guys pushed one. back on me on that and said she wasn't an agent. She, she was an agent. She was she his was partner, an wasn't she? She was. She was his partner. Yeah, all she right. was his partner and his lover, and they were both agents. All yeah. right. Is she, she's, she's gonna be um, just for reference. She'll be back in the later episodes. And nice. He Tesla'd us, Artie. Pete said that about Hugo, which reminds me uh, after listening to the 80s, uh, cheesy 80s podcast where they reviewed Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. In Bill and Ted's <sighs> bogus adventure, <sighs> there was a, they Melvined me. <laughs> so they, this quote of, they te- he Tesla'd us, Pete. Artie, I was like, oh my God, that reminds, that's where my brain goes. They Melvined me. <laughs> I got one from Hugo. I know who you are. You're President Ulysses S. Grant and the Snowman. You've come because it's Arbor Day and there are not enough zippers to go around. That was so wow. good. That, that was a lot. That was such a good one. Uh, I forgot who says it, but it was uh, Hugo's been playing with your toys. That was Pete, I think. Okay. The AI Hugo, and this is the last one I have. Douglas Fargo. Your global dynamics profile includes the phrase inappropriately pushed button 38 times. <laughs> Wait, you can see my profile? <laughs> if it's been snagged, bagged, and tagged, it's got an evil streak. I love that quote. Snagged, bagged, and tagged. Because uh, uh, Fargo was like, well, is everything evil in this warehouse? She's like, trust me, if it's been sa- snagged, bagged, and tagged, it's got an evil streak. 
Carolyn, do you remember? What? Do you remember? I used to have a red car that used to have all the bumper stickers on the back of it. Mm-hmm. I still have quite a few stickers on my Jeep now, but I used to have that sticker. Snag, bagged and tagged. Yeah. Yes, I remember. <laughs> the uh, we've said a couple of the other ones, like this is why Jedi's turned to the dark side. But another one was <laughs> Micah to Pete. Sometimes I think your brain is an artifact. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I can retire here. She says, Great, let's let's check you in. Let's check you in. <laughs> yeah, I don't. So they're forgetting that they're in the middle of South Dakota, and you know, as we record this, is January sixteenth, twenty twenty four. The nation is frozen. I guarantee you, South Dakota is the frozenest of the continental United States. The frozenest. The frozenest. Frozenest. Even more. Than, even more than Minnesota. Yes, because there's nothing there to stop the wind. Oh, that's right. I mean, I guess there's the Badlands and the Black Hills, but in and the I middle like of the, the state. Still behind me. Yeah. Um, speaking of food, though, there was a lot of mention of food this time. So in the beginning, we're watching uh, Todd and Claudia make out on the couch, but then Claudia's like, I can't come. My lips can't concentrate. And he's like, neither can mine. Totally not thinking of the same thing because she's like, the warehouse is getting an upgrade today. And he's like, that's not where I was going with that, but okay. And then um, she's like, oh no, I've got to go. I've got to go to work. You meet me for lunch later. And he says, she says, or he says, I can't remember. No, he did. He said it. He did. She said it. Was it? No, yeah, he, she did. Yeah, she did. He said, I'll meet you for he, lunch. Yeah. And she talked she about said PBJ. Crustless PBJ Doritos and Twinkies. And he said, and an orange for fiber. And then she says, I love me some Todd. <laughs> Poor Todd. And so, then. So wait a there minute. Was wait also- a minute. I know we yeah. got to uh, bring this to its logical conclusion, but I'm just saying at this point, when they're necking and everything, and, and he's being asked to do stuff, and he obviously doesn't want to do it, you've got Claudia. You've got her. You're snogging with her. You do what she wants you to do to keep her. You don't say, this is not me. Have either one of you seen what Allison looks like today? No, I haven't looked her up. Holy schmuck. You should look her up. She's gorgeous. Okay. She has new photo shoots come out. Musician. Yeah, yeah, she's oh. a big musician now. I know. Yeah, she's all grown up now. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's, oh. it was last February when I got hey, my friend. Got little, Remember that, Carolyn? You're drooling a little there, SP. She is beautiful. Yeah, why? Well, me too. Why? Well, yeah, oh she's beautiful. She's a musician. She likes to play the guitar. She can sing. She can act. And holy crap. Yeah, but why does okay? So he they miss lunch, and the whole Fargo and her meeting was absolutely adorable. Two little geeks that like instantly bond over geeky things, and I know instantly it was, it was absolutely adorable. And the whole lightsaber scene with both of them doing it, and he's like, "All of that practice in front of a mirror just paid off." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Pie, I can see your face. So they used to looking at pictures of Allison. Uh, he is. I yes, was looking yes. at her IMDb to see what she's done recently because I want to watch her in something. <laughs> you but, know, uh, it was Carolyn. Do you remember last February when I got I got that the uh, camo cameo? It was the cameo gift from her? From a oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
Oh, it was all Allison. She looked good there too. She oh, did. nice! And you got to save that, right? That that saved. I got to save it. Yeah, okay. I, ha- I have it, and then I posted it on to my Facebook. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There was other food as From well. My, uh, um, anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was other food. There was also ice cream. Twizzlers, which Pete got from Micah. There was two kinds of pop. There was a pop that Pete picked up in the computer lab that that nobody knew about except for Artie. And it was like lemon launch. Pete was about to drink it. And then he's like, you probably shouldn't. Hugo was known for a lot of practical jokes and that might explode in your face. I could see Pete drinking it. There was, I know, right? I could see Pete drinking that. There was another pop that Hugo had, and I can't remember what kind that was, but Pete and his trying to tell Micah that it's going to explode. And we want it to explode in this guy's face. Yeah. <laughs> I was cracking up. Is he's he like, okay? What the hell? He, she, he, the guy's like, is he okay? She's like, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> and just, she ends up drop kicking him. We did learn, we did learn, the one thing we did learn that was uh, Micah did have an uncle that was kind of in the same way that Hugo was when he only had half a brain because she knew what he meant when she said, I have, when he said, I have to shed a tear, which meant he has to pee. And then poor, poor Pete, he's like, don't be peeing in my vehicle. I just got it detailed. And then it yeah, gets hold, like lasered you hold it, by you the, hold it. Yeah. then there's a laser that like seriously damages the poor thing. My poor Pete. It's gonna be like it's like the sheriff and his Jeep in Eureka. Yeah, every blown episode. Up, like every, every episode. episode. Every episode that was funny. I was like, I am oh man, I really want to watch Eureka now because it's like the Jeep that gets blown up in every episode. Do you know what's funny is that as we sit here and do this podcast and we and we talk about and we, we reminisce about these shows that we love. This was like before Die Fi took over, because all these shows, which you have Eureka. Or Fringe. Fringe was all sci-fi, right? No. It was no. on Fox, I think. It was Fox, yeah. Oh, no wonder I'm it amazed lasted. it lasted okay. as long as it did on Fox. Yeah. Well, I know Fox is a killer. I, mean, I think maybe they learned a lesson from Firefly. I don't know. but Doubt it. That's true. That's very true. But all these shows, I mean, it makes you want to go back and watch. I want to go back and watch Stargate. I want to go back and watch Eureka because I don't think I watched all of it. I would like to start Voyager again, but I know I probably won't sit through it because they weren't as active to me as some of the other Star Treks, and I will never watch Deep Space Nine. Some of I these like are commitments. So if you get a series that's five seasons and under, it you can see the end of it as you start it, because there's other stuff that you want to watch along the way. Stargate and Star Trek, even at seven seasons per episode, but Stargate SG-1 with 10 seasons... It's a commitment. You're going to be watching that for a long time. It was more than, but those 10 seasons had like 20 yeah, episodes. I was just going to say is 20, oh whatever, it's up a to lot 22 of to 26 episodes per season. It's a, it's a commitment to start. Cause I have started different watch throughs. Uh, when we were doing the Picard season three, I tried to get through all of uh stranger or uh, the next generation. The next generation. And I made it into season five, which was pretty good, actually, at the pace that we were going, because we only had 10 weeks for Picard season three. And um, I never 
finished it. I'm still at the season five because I've got so much else to watch. Because life happens. <laughs> well, and yeah, and there's other stuff to watch, like Foundation. I would have never gotten to Foundation as early as I did if I didn't stop watching things along the way. I don't know what Foundation is. It's on oh, Apple TV+. It's Plus. So it's good. tremendous sci-fi. It's some of the best. I mean, pure sci-fi. Apple. It's some of the best sci-fi ever on the screen. I don't know what Apple TV Plus is. What is that? It's a streaming service called Apple TV+. Plus. It's Apple's version of Netflix Paramount Plus or Netflix or whatever. Yeah. Well, you'll remember this one just earlier today when I was watching this episode. I had the DVDs, right? But the DVDs when you go to fast forward it shows you all of the commercials and stuff that was on TV back then, right? Really? No Battlestar way. Galactica oh. is the first thing that they show. Yeah. And I'm wow. like, you know, I liked Battlestar Galactica, maybe I'll go through the seasons again. The newer version, not the 1977, well, but the newer Did you see the news in the last couple of weeks? Nope. They got a new showrunner for a new show. For new Battlestar? Mm-hmm. What are they going to do now? I mean... They're going to reboot it again. Oh, geez. We are yeah. at the point. It was in 2003, right? So 20 years later. In 2003, it was 25 years since the okay. other... Yeah, we're at that point. Here's we can't. the thing invent something new here's the thing it they did really well on an, on that one because considering what we had in the 1970s i think they did a phenomenal job but what makes it phenomenal is the people like katie sackhoff yes right or edward james almost almost yes. edward james almost yeah and jamie bammer those people made the series to me it's like when turn people turn around as much as i loved watching xena i would never probably look what they did to charm right it was horrible so it makes me fearful of watching these shows that are rebooted with completely new people and coming in and acting like they're just a continuation from this last story i'm like eh, i don't know if i can do it this is about the fifth or sixth time that somebody's tried to either do a continuation of the 2003 Battlestar Galactica or a reboot. I think this one's got legs. I think this one's going to happen. I don't know what storyline they're going to go under if they go a little lighter than the uh, Robert D. Moore, uh, Ronald, Ronald D. Moore series. Then uh, I think that's for the best, personally. It'd be more like Stargate SG-1 than... It would be The Walking Dead, basically, because that's where Ronald D. Moore yeah. goes. I mean, even even the um, uh, For All Mankind series that he's doing on Apple TV Plus, which I know neither of you have seen, it's actually a, a great alternative history of where we would be in space exploration if the Soviets got to the moon first before the United States did. It is dark. There are stuff that happens in that you're like, oh my gosh, but I like watching it from the aspect of, okay, even with all that personnel drama and everything, this is where the space exploration would ultimately get, because in true history, there's bad stuff that happens. Can you send me a link to that? Apple TV Plus, sure. Well, I mean, to that show. Yeah. Yeah, send it to me. For All Mankind, and the other one is Foundation, both excellent, and there's other stuff, too, on Apple TV Plus that's worth it, but anyway, it's all good. All right, so let's get back to Warehouse 13 here. <laughs> We're done with the cookies. 
I'm going to save my favorite part of the episode. I've already talked about it. It's when Artie beats Hugo at Battleship by cheating. Shannon, what's your favorite part of the episode? I like I like when Fargo and, and Claudia hit it off pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It shows you that the connection you have when she says the two residential geeks. So, yeah. They're like the equal. Doesn't Claudia do guest appearance on Eureka? Once, I think. Yep, I think. Let me check that. They 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 play well off each other. They do. Also, I'm also gonna say I like the when 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 Micah drop kicks. So you know, anytime my girl is in action, I like it. It was season four, episode five, crossing over of Eureka. Mm. I have to go back and watch something. It was, it was in it, this year. It was in 2010. So after Fargo comes over, I think I think that's the, what the timeline is. Fargo comes over. They have a little thing, and then she goes over to Eureka. Well, them. I mean, Todd does break up with her at the end of this episode, and we don't really know why, because they were necking in the beginning of the. So it looked like we're like, it's what happened? It's all to come. Oh, I know. It's actually the same week. So this episode aired August 3rd. That episode crossing over aired three days later on August 6th. So it happened oh, the same cool. week. Yeah. Well, she moved fast, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn, what was, what was your favorite part? Well, I mean, there was a lot of good, incredibly good liners. You know, the they Tesla'd us, they Tesla'd us, that sort of thing. But I think my favorite part was definitely when they made the lightsaber out of the laser that he had. Just because they're both standing there like, okay, we're the most intelligent people in this area. We can figure this out. <laughs> And then they have that whole like, and I mean, it was the sounds of it and everything. And I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. But I mean, mm. let me tell you just real quick, this entire time, since you said the very beginning, the first time you said, you know, already they tested us. I've been sitting here this entire time thinking, where does that sound familiar? Not what they say, but what, what they're talking about happened to them. Mr. Universe. on. On Serenity. Mel. Oh, yeah. The entire oh. time, I'm like, why does that sound familiar? Sorry, see, my sci-fi mind went there, and I'm like, what the hell am I talking about? But it's mm. Mel. Mel. You can't stop the signal, Mel. You can't <laughs> stop the signal, Mel. Mel. All right, I'm sorry I interrupted. I just had to say they it. Tried to, they tried to stop the signal, Mel. They killed me, Mel. Yep. Ah, uh, Serenity. That would be another one I would reboot, along with Farscape. Definitely hard to do game. that without Wheaton at the stick and, and he's uh, another one that will rip characters from you. That's you know, I, know, I know. He did in Serenity. I was not happy he with was him. The one, Josh Wheaton was the one in charge of the Nevers. And then yeah. whatever happened with him and the accusations that happened with him yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then dark I lost my freaking show. I need more Dark Matter. He's the one who did the Avengers. Matter? Uh, Josh Wheaton directed the Avengers and he's the one who killed off Agent Coulson and that's what spurred the Save Agent Coulson and then the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show that went on for uh, a while that I covered over on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. But he in his canon said, no, if you bring back Coulson, then you will have mitigated the importance of his death. So he never said, and as far as I know that Kevin Feige, who runs the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, has 
going on with that. So Wheaton, whatever he's done, and I know there was accusations against him, but in every single series, he will kill a main female character or a main character, beloved Male character. character. Yes, well, he, he, pilot he, man. he did quite a bang up job on the numbers. I can just tell you. I know, Damn and I, I, it, it, I mean, it was, it's a good Firefly that is, and Serenity. I love them, love them. We'll watch them a million times. But what he does to to my favorite pilot. I just, it hurts. And I want to kick his butt. Leaf on the wind. Leaf on the wind. <laughs> Leaf. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we haven't done the rate the episode in a couple of times just because we ran out of time or I forgot or we were racing laws singing the final countdown. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to catch up a little bit. 13.1, I will say out of the 17 episodes that we've seen so far is my fourth favorite. My first favorite is the premiere from season two so far. Time will tell. Then McPherson, which is the season one finale, followed by Claudia when we're introduced to Claudia. So this is the next one underneath that. And the reason why is we get Hugo, we get Claudia, we get some warehouse stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And it's just a well-rounded episode. And part of the reason why is, and I was messaging Carolyn about this a couple of days ago. The director is Chris Fisher. We've actually mm -hmm. talked about him before, but this is the first Warehouse 13 episode that he's done. He will do a total of 10, but he's also produced such series as Person of Interest, The Magicians, and Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And he has directing mm -hmm. credits for Strange New Worlds, The Magicians, Runaways, Inhumans, Person of Interest, Supergirl, Eureka, and Chuck. So he's been in some beloved stuff and him coupled with the writer of Ian Stokes, I think really makes this a good episode, even though there's some holes in it. And then after this, after this uh, episode at number four, mild mannered, which was the second episode of season two. And then last episode that we did age before beauty and then, which was the model episode and then beyond our control which was season three. So season two, definitely trending above season one in my favorite episodes, but this one would be number four overall. All right. We have a couple of emails and for the sake of time, we're only going to go over one this week. We'll go over the next next week, but Carolyn, you have volunteered to read the email <laughs> feedback for was this week. Volunteered or voluntold? Cause you kind of said I had to read it. So. Kind of I mean, if you're gonna do that, yes, I'm going to direct you to do it. But I mean, let's play a little nice, you know, for the audience and say, hey, you know, yay, I'm gonna do this. Uh, okay, yay. No, really, no, really, we 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 really appreciate the emails. So I I'm greatly appreciative of the emails, and thank you so much. And I'm really sorry it's taken us this long to get to your email about the hiatus. So Carolyn's going to read this email. She's volunteered to do this email and we're going to go over one email uh, this time and we're going to save another one for next time. This email is from Erasmus and Carolyn, go ahead, do your thing. Sorry, we, uh, sorry, we took so long to get to your email. Um, this was sent on December 7th, so apologize for taking so long to get to it, but we appreciate it nonetheless. They write, 
I have not watched Warehouse 13 since it originally aired, but listening to you guys describe what is happening, I remember the episode. Something I might have missed but always wondered about is that if the umbilicus is the only entrance into the warehouse, how do they get the large items into the warehouse? Really enjoying your cast. Thanks. Erasmus. 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 Okay, Erasmus. Thank you very much for the email, Erasmus. Well, did, Next time I'll be I'll be able to pronounce it at some point. We just point. recently had Claudia ask, and don't we have a doc? Yep, that was the email that the post office got shut down. Yeah, dude, do, do we have email? a do we have a doc? Yeah, yeah. So I I think they do have a delivery. Do- Matter of fact, I think that door that's right there at the beginning of the warehouse that we see all the time. I think there's a larger. Uh, opening well, right next to it there is that one that's like the the place where hg came out on the back hg came out i don't but know is that like the a, that's big a single door. door that's a single door it's like a it's like a escape door but that's it's yeah. not big enough for for loading it's down. the warehouse it could automatically configure itself to have an opening wherever it you wants. know the warehouse is alive so it might just open it follow it i don't know yeah, Erasmus, thank you so much for the email, and thank you, everybody, for your emails. We really appreciate it. I did ask for feedback last time about if anybody knew anything about the Dorian Gray portrait. We did get an email about that, so we're going to go over that next time. Thank you so much for providing us with additional information. Sometimes I just don't have the time to research everything, so thank you so much. And everybody that has commented or reposted on social media or sent us an email we really appreciate you taking this journey with us so next time we're going to cover warehouse 13 season 2 episode 6 around the bend (laughs) i'm going to ask carolyn this time do you want to do the imdb or the amazon description Mm, imdb all right pete's mission to find a traitor leads him into conflict with the warehouse team uh-oh. Such a good episode. This is going to be my favorite episode this season. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like we're going to have Mrs. Frederick in there. We got a traitor. Tina yeah. Carrera. All right. <laughs> that, that's why it's such a good episode. It's Tina Carrera. <laughs> Ooh, you know, it's, uh, look, my, uh, I'm always Micah. T- I'm Team Micah all the way through. All right. <laughs> and I like when she has particularly good episodes, and I like when she's wearing a particular type of jeans. <laughs> and and now you, you you're welcome for me introducing you to looking at currently what Allison looks at looks like. So yeah, unfortunately she's, not, she's not in too much. I mean, she's got a couple of things that came out last year, but she's not in too much. She's more into being a musician than she is an actress. I can yeah, tell. I think I think she's I think she's more of the musician now than she was. So she's and, kind of the the flip of Anna Kendrick because Anna Kendrick's more into her acting rather than her musician stuff. I didn't know Anna Kendrick's okay. song. I mean, I know she sings in the movies, but... Oh, yeah. The whole Cups thing and everything. Oh, Anna Kendrick. Anna. I just remember watching... Just a couple weeks ago, we watched her Noel. Oh, yeah. I had to fight to have TV here. I'm like, I am watching a Christmas movie with Anna Kendrick. We are, <laughs> we are doing this. It's a cute one. She's cute now. She is. She's cute and everything. All right. So that's it for this week. You guys done? I'm done. Yeah. All I mean, right. sure. Sure. <laughs> All right. We'll see everybody next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. 
Thanks for joining us for an episode of the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fancast. You can find all our episodes at warehouse13fancast.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up on our email at warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. You can hear more of this cast and other shows like it by checking out lonewolfpodcasts.com. The intro music is Sci-Fi Hybrid Intro by Soundmake, and the outro music is Science Fiction by tunes to go Both were purchased on Pond5.com. Look, Texas, Texas girls didn't cut out for this. I left the house this morning. It was 11 degrees. 11, a whole 11 degrees. That's chilly. That that's, uh, that's warm. I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. Well, warm for you, for you, for Texas. I'm like, what the. So we got freezing rain on Saturday and it was, it's funny. The weather apps all said heavy snow it was heavy freezing rain we got a little bit though and it i think if you look at my facebook page there was a picture a couple pictures on there i did i saw that I, these were pretty pictures i like the ones with the berries or whatever it was the red yeah, yeah those little berries. Really good pictures thank you my other hobby i like doing photography too i like, I like landscape yes i like landscaping but uh it got below freezing saturday and we have yet to get above freezing since then, even to today. My work canceled work yesterday, today, and they just canceled it for tomorrow, too. So I've See, been out of work for thousands. Still, will be the both third of day. you live in states that are used to cold. Not this cold. Not my valley. I think y'all dropped your in my front yard and y'all can take it because I don't want it. I don't want it.